Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by Albasti Ecruel Dubai. Here we go then, we kick off with the Irish Festival entries. Uh, Ollie Murphy, there are plenty of them. It's going to be Irish domination again, isn't it? Looks like it. Um, I think the English have got a, a decent hand in, in some of the graded races this year, which unlike previous years, years we hadn't. Um, Listen for the Presbury Cup. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be betting against <laughs> Ireland. No. 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 Probably not. Um, well, well, just. Just. Why, given your time with Gordon, ha have things changed a lot even since then? Do you think? I suppose uh, the, the the festival would indicate it has that they have and Gordon has and Willie has just got stronger. Why do you think? I think Gordon and Willie have got bigger and bigger each year. Um, and yes, do they dominate Irish racing? Yes. Do they come over here and dominate our festivals? Predominantly, yes. But. I think that could all come back around, you know, it was only seven or eight, nine years ago and Paul Nichols was training a, a one, two, three in a gold cup and mm. we still have big punters over here, we've still got plenty of big owners that want to support British racing and Gordon actually said to me when I left, winning the sales ring, you win on the racetrack and I think when us as Brits can start winning in that sales ring again, I think you'll see the pendulum kind of turn around again. Do you, riding over here, get on a horse, say like the real whacker and go, well that'll have a, a, a good chance, but will we'll struggle to beat the Irish. Is that is that the, the the sort of riding mindset you have or not necessarily, Gavin? When you're going into a race, you, you think you can beat anything, to be honest with you. Um, the Irish are going to bring over our horses. The, 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 you know, we've been around there and done it around Cheltenham. We need to do it on the big day. I don't really look at the... I look at the form of the Irish horses and go down through their races, um, down through their runs and see, see how we can beat them. But... Uh, don't really look at it into it that much. Anything can happen on the day, and just got to do what's best and best for my horse. Mm. And it, it, it's a sort of snowball effect, isn't it? Because um, there's been a lot of Irish success, so therefore a lot of investors on either side of the Irish Sea are investing in Irish racing. So suddenly, all the big money horses, or not all of them, but a large number over there, as opposed to on the British side yes, of the Irish Yes, and I think it's to an extent a self-fulfilling prophecy as well, in the sense Absolutely. that the more Irish domination you have, particularly in those novice races, where I think two-thirds of the novice entries are from Ireland lie on, there are, there are some British trainers who, or, um, and British owners who may have been looking for a fun day out in those races, now going, well, you know, may, maybe we'll skip it. Mm. There's entry just around the corner. It's not all, yeah. I feel certainly on this side of the RSC, it's not about the fe not all about the festival may just be coming. But there is big. probably going to be. A, I know we've gone over the two minutes, but th I'm sure that pendulum effect. At one stage, Aidan O'Brien on the flat was winning everything, wasn't he? And then the pendulum swings just uh, gives a sort of uh, the love is more spread around. Mm. And I dare say that will happen, jumping in the not too distant future. Uh, the early weights release for the for the uh, festival mm. handicap this caused a, a bit of a I suppose a bit of a, a furore mainly because of, of Ruby's yeah. Kevin Keegan moment um, on on the road to Cheltenham, which and he was absolutely You're right. Do an impersonation. Uh, uh, yeah, I would, well, he didn't say I would love it, but he pointed and said, "With the BHA all about integrity, how is it that the the, the early weight the, the weights were in some people's hands before others? How did that sit with you?" Yeah, it, it's sort of not the end of the world, is it? However. <laughs> Because, you know, clearly it is good practice to make certain that these things don't get leaked out. And, and uh, they were leaked in certain areas. And I think the British Horse Racing Authority, BHA, is saying it's investigating exactly what happened. So they were decided upon on Tuesday, but the ceremony to unveil them 
wasn't till Wednesday. So there was that 24 hours in between when they were technically available if leaked. And uh, I suppose the authority is looking at exactly you know, what the nature of that leak, how that all uh, worked out. It's one of those things, it's not exactly the end of the world. However, it doesn't look very good, does it? And a British Horse Racing Authority that's a little bit under fire on a number of different areas, it's responsible for the weights, so therefore people are inevitably going to uh, turn and, uh, and cast an acu accusatory eye at them. Uh, but uh, Jockey Club insists it didn't do anything wrong, uh, but for one reason or another, they, um, they did come out to some parties earlier than they should have done and I think there's going to be a change in the, the system next year so that the ceremony and the, the, the actual weights being decided upon and the ceremony I think they're going to coincide so that I, can't happen. And the, I suppose the key one here is what, what weight the Irish horses get. Is, 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 this a, is this a big deal Holly or not really? I don't think so. I think it's the third round the FA Cup draw being leaked. A day early, you're still going to beat whoever's in front of you or get beat by whoever's in front of you. And, and especially, there's not, nothing's going to get a massive Cheltenham factor that anyone's going to say, oh, my goodness, look, that horse, bloody blah. So, but, it, but, it, but it's a good, good story, and it is, I think I heard Lydia describe it as a drip-drip effect against the British Horse Racing Authority <coughs> at the moment, and that is slightly, you know, when things are going bad, mm. it doesn't rain, it pours. Uh, what we do know now is that Jack Kennedy sadly won't be back in time from his broken leg for the Cheltenham Festival. Davy Russell is back riding today. Um, how much of a talking point this is, I don't know, but I felt, Gavin, we should certainly talk about Jack, and what a great shame that another injury is, is set him back and he's going to miss, miss a, a festival. Um, you know, I, I suppose that a lot of Gordon's owners will be will be thinking for all Jordan Gainford and Sam Ewing are very capable. They'll be ha happy to have someone as experienced as Davy Russell in the saddle. I do, of course. Um, Davy obviously coming out of retirement and everything to take over from Jack, but it, uh, it's gotten for Jack. Is it the third festival? Um, oh. that he, well, I think he's so, I think it's a third leg break. I don't yeah. know. It's just he, he's missed out in a festival before, I think, as mm. well, and it's just it's gotten because you know months is back for entry and everything else but it's uh he obviously had a lot of good rides and everything else and he's, he's a brilliant jockey a brilliant guy and uh yeah it's a, it's a shame for him it's, it's it's a massive shame and and you can add to his skills in the saddle philosophical as well in life can't you because i don't think i've, I've certainly never heard him complain and he go he was a leopard stand the other day for Ooh. the dublin racing festival sort of um smiling and maybe through gritted teeth but i think he is demonstrating himself to be a heck of a guy yeah. as well well uh, taking these um, taking these hits he's obviously a huge part of the team ollie because i remember at the at, at at trials day he was over there i think for delta work um can't remember who was riding delta work now but he was speaking to him before the before the race and you know he, he's obviously a massive part of gordon's team and the fact that he traveled over to the to, to festivals trials day with him yeah most definitely um some gordon's always thought the world of him i was actually in gordon's when jack had his first ride on the flat on a i remember it to the day to, on a horse called tagliatelli and uh yeah he's a phenomenal rider he's done an awful lot in a, in a, in a short space of time and He's still a young boy and he's had a, had a lot of injuries, but hopefully they're all behind him now. And um, yeah, he's hopefully going to be around for plenty of years to come. Yeah, but, but uh, Davy Russell, the festival's great, isn't it? You know, to have him, I know he'd retired, but to have this big, colourful, um, you know, gigantic character really in jump racing these days, to have him as part of it is a real plus it, for the festival as well. It, it would be brilliant to see Davy ride a Cheltenham festival, wouldn't it? And if he was to retire again um, at some point this year, having done that, before retiring would be brilliant. Yeah, agree there. That would be that would be I'm not huge. sure it was the biggest surprise considering what a character he is that he was only retired for three weeks, wasn't it?
I don't know. I thought he was genuinely done. I remember well, speaking yeah, but, to him but, afterwards. But there have been and I thought, so many lovely twists and turns yeah. in his story that I don't think one fell over in complete astonishment. He's back. Yeah. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, right. This is our <laughs> this is our customary white paper mention. We don't know a huge amount more. We don't know that it'd be out in time for Easter, but it feels like we should just say we don't know anything else. <laughs> Have we got to talk about this for two minutes? That, that's where we are. Cool. What would yeah. you like to say about the, about this? I just, you know, it clearly, as Julie Harrington was um, was telling us earlier in the programme, there's been there is lobbying. She says it's important to educate ministers. You slightly hope they've got officials to educate ministers as well. However, uh, you know, clearly the British Horse Racing Authority is a pressure group and does need mm. to to lobby, and uh, that's an ongoing process. I just hope that everybody that that in a way. A white paper about the Gambling Act and about the effect on horse racing sounds like a little tiny thing, but this is very, very big for ra racing. There are some really important parts to this thing, so I'm not trivialising it for a second, and no one's trivialising it, but for, for racing and for potential funding of, of racing and for large numbers of people who are employed, etc., etc., this is really important. So I hope it doesn't go and get kicked into the long grass and people hide in, within government about the fact that ministers keep changing and sectors of state keep changing. This is really important, and it does need to be sorted out. And... You know, racing, I'm not sure about the authority with its behind-the-scenes lobbying, but um, personalities, individuals within racing, they, have, they, they get A-stars, don't they, for the amount of effort that has gone into uh, to their efforts in, in recent weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, Racing TV have, have urged people to, to, to write to their MP. Please do so if you haven't already about Betting this. Betting and Gaming Council have tried yeah. that, but individual personalities as well have popped up saying, you know, affordab affordability checks this, potential problems that, etc., etc. So it's been a, a real big effort. Whether it's been orchestrated by the BHA or not, I'm not sure, but... A, a stars to everybody who's had a go. I think uh, Julie Harrington claims there's been a lot of work going on b behind the scenes, of and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll take that as given and, and take her on that word. And, and it feels like a lot of work has been done. Um, High-profile betting figures going into number ten and speaking to, 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 to the people in the know. So I, I just hope this bears fruit, and that when we see the white paper. We, we aren't all sort of mopping our brows saying this is the end. And, and Rishi Sunak, if he was prepared to do the little film for the uh, um, Stud and Stable Awards, then presumably somebody said, and remember, you know, remember this, this is really important, we do need this sorted out. Yeah, uh, right, um, mentioned Jim Lewis, high-profile owner of some fantastic horses passing, um, the likes of Best Mate, the likes of, of Edredon Bleu, um, I didn't know Jim at all, your dealings with him, Cornelius? Yeah, and Nakia, and um, he breeds breeze as well, so he actually had uh, all, he had a whole number of grade one winners, including at the festival, there he is, and he was, <laughs> look at him, you know, he was a massive part of the best mate story so best mate the winner of three Cheltenham gold cups 2002 three and four the first time since arkel that a horse had won three in a row there's jim and his enthusiasm jim cullity on top uh jim lewis big fan of aston villa like someone else sitting on this sofa and uh, really distinctive colors as well uh, that uh, you could spot during Do you know, I did, uh, all I of didn't, the races uh, until i heard the interview on um on uh, Nick like Daily Podcast, I didn't know the the Villa connection. Oh, it's absolutely! Silly, and he was a so he was a Birmingham businessman, uh, made plenty of money out of uh, beds and then importing furniture. 
put a lot of that money into racing, was extraordinarily successful during a 10 or 15 year period, most noticeably uh, with Best Mate with those three gold cups. Terry Biddlecombe there in the yellow yeah. jumper as well. So the, the thing about these horses is Best Mate was a brilliant horse, brilliantly trained, but the people around were really important. Henrietta Knight and Terry Biddlecombe, the trainers and their teams, Jim Cullity in the saddle, and mm. uh, Jim and Valerie Lewis, who were very colorful, very noisy, big smiles, Everything was always that great mop of white hair that Jim had, very distinctive. Uh, and they, the, the people were a big part of that best mate story as much as the horse himself. But he was called Lucky Jim because he owned best mate, he owned Edredon Bleu uh, and uh, other grade one winners as well. So Impact. he was... Uh, which? Impact, was it? Impact was another good horse that uh, he had, certainly. And they, they were a funny little puzzle, strange little puzzle of people. And almost my favourite recollection, and Henrietta Knight still very much around, being interviewed on terrestrial television. And Jim had gone to the front with the big crowds all around, and he was sort of conducting the crowds in singing this song, Best Mate, Best Mate. Best, and it just went on like this, Best Mate, Best Mate. And Henrietta looked over at them from the TV interview and said, oh, not that bloody song again. Um, <laughs> and and it was the, very much fun. Did he have the lucky? Do you have the pearls as well? His he had some luck, yeah. And then didn't they lose them at some yeah. point? So they had to go and find some yeah, substitute yeah. ones. It was, it was, and just very quickly, the Cheltenham Festival of 2001 was lost to foot and mouth. Uh, so there was no festival in 2001. It needed something big to racing. Needed something big to lead. Uh, lead the sport out of that gloomy year of 2001. And along came a three-time Gold Cup winner, uh, and he was everybody's best mate. Got any Villa colours? My own colours. My own colours are claret and blue. Oh, there you I go. bet they're not as smart as Jim Lewis's. They, no. they, they, they scream West Ham a bit more to me. Well, you're like David Cameron. <laughs> no, there's only one claret and blue team in the <laughs> who, who do you support, Gav? Man United. Okay, that's all right. That's all allowed. How did Villa get on Even yesterday? I tell Chips, Chips goes because yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, one one nil. So now I had a quiet day yesterday. So I was in the, I was in the stands yesterday. How did Tottenham get on yesterday, Tom? If, listen, as long as there's no Arsenal fans on the sofa, I'm happy. Right, <laughs> Keith Dalglish is going to retire at some point. And um, this is sort of a strange one, Ollie, because normally you, you associate trainers with stepping down because <coughs> money, prize money. I can't afford to train anymore. I haven't got the owners. Whereas. Um, Keith is sort of saying, yeah, it's been great. I'm approaching a thousand winners. I kind of want to do something else. I'm young enough to. So that, I, I think that caught us all on the hop a bit. Yeah, I actually admire him in some aspects that uh, a lot of the time we don't think it. There is more to life than horse racing. Mm. And he's been extremely successful both on the flat and, and over jumps and was a very, very good jockey back in the day. Also a lot of winners for Mark Johnson. So yeah, I admire him. He obviously came out in the press and said there's a lot of things he, he wants to do and he may well come to Back to the sport at some point, and I imagine if he does, he'll be he'll be very well supported again because he's he's a very very good trainer. He also looks like an absolute rock star at the moment. <laughs> he does, yeah. He pulls it off well. He really that. does. I didn't recognise him. About I hadn't seen him for a couple of years. Who's that? No. I, thought, I, actually, I thought he was a celeb. I actually said to he someone is a other, celeb. I said <laughs> to someone the other day that he was a, a very very good flat jock, and they were like, absolutely no way. <laughs> he, um, he was. He was. And yeah. It, the the the, the twists and turns of that story are striking as well. I think he gave up when he was 21. He'd ridden a Group One winner for um, for Mark Johnston, oh. Johanna's Pace, won an important race. I think he um, he rode a couple of hundred, two or three hundred winners 
uh, as a jockey. Uh, then he sort of um, he slightly lost to the sport for a time, but then uh, um, reappeared as a, a record-breaking trainer based in the in Scotland, south of Scotland. Uh, 952 winners so far. He's indicated there's a chance that when he hits a thousand, uh, that will uh, that will be um, time. So his numbers are in 711 on the flat, 153 uh, jumping, cool. and uh, those are those are some numbers for someone who hasn't been training for for all that long. Um, he's talk He loves cycling now, so I think he's going to be doing a lot of cycling. I think he talked about having some agriculture at his stable, so he'll be doing a bit of that as well. But uh, he's not 40 till later this month. And yeah, I'm, I'm rather with Ollie. Good on him. Have you? Do you have a ride for him? Yeah, I had one ride for him. Yeah. Okay. Win? No. Right. He mustn't have been that great. I mean, he didn't have a second one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That was that. <laughs> uh, well, good luck to, to Keith anyway in, in whatever he does next, and, and, and when he does stop training for however long that may be. Uh, just also uh, noteworthy on commissioning. Um, that that she has been retired due to an injury. The the, the key thing here was that. She was Antipo's favourite, was she? Was mm. she not? Uh, or vying for it? I think Vying with it, yeah. um, Dermot Weld's filly, uh, having won the the, the Phillies Mile, first Group One for Rav Havlin. She, I'm not sure what the injury she sustained is, but she wasn't in the entries for the, yeah, for the, for for the for 1,000 guineas. It's to a on a hind leg. The the injury. Daughter of Kingman. Mm. Uh, I think she was three from three. Um, and uh, of course, this being uh, expected to be Frankie de Torre's farewell year, it was thought that um, he would probably ride her in the 1,000 Guineas. But it was a great story when Ren Rav Havlin won the Group 1 uh, Phillies Mile on her last year. So trained for Bahraini owners by the um, Gosdens. And it's actually a really interesting stat um, that John and uh, team uh, won't want to be and Thady won't want to be uh, reminded of. But um, they've, they've only won a new market Guineas once, yeah. which is, I think, probably on the list of astonishing statistics, that's, that's well, pretty high. You think of Kingman, for a start, yeah. uh, who managed to get beaten by the, well, the Kieran Fallon horse. Um, um, yeah. His, name, his yeah. name's run out my Night of Thunder. Um, yeah. And, yeah, who else? Last year, the, the, the filly that looked as mm. though you can tell it's near Cheltenham. Can't remember the name of any flat mm. horses. Um, but, yeah, she... So do you know the name of the favourite for the 1,000 guineas now? Uh, yes, she's um, not, not Tahira. Yeah. Stop. Oh, it is yeah. Tahira. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. And meditation yeah. statue are right, right okay. up there in the betting. But, you know, she was very much expected to be part of a Frankie de Tory narrative during 2023, but he'll have other opportunities, and she's going to be... Uh, you know, she's got a terrific pedigree. She's going to be a, a, a terrific broodmare in the future. But um, just sometimes these things don't quite go right, do they? Yeah, they, uh, absolutely. Uh, I think that's it. John and Fady will probably win it with uh, win a Guinness this year with something else. Yeah, now we've said that it yeah, never works absolutely. out. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll see. All right, that was it for this week's Talking Points. Oof.